Your memories shatter like glass. The splinters are caught in the wind. They spiral away, far out of reach, disappearing into light. You are surrounded by light, a vortex of color, and the wind howling and strong. Then you see a bright opening, a portal to somewhere else. A flash as part of your memory tumbles through. Now you are running, running through light. you hear a voice. To remember who you are, you must become someone new. But if you fail to play the part, the end will come for you. You run to reach the portal. The wind is at your back, faster and faster. You're not going to make it. The portal is moving away, picking up speed. It's nearly out of reach and you hear the voice again. Now, Leap! And you do. You leap through the portal into another world. The first thing you see is a room. A room that's small, it's wooden, it's a bedroom. There's an open window and there's a man inside it. This man, he's dressed for adventure. There's a hooded tunic over leather, a short bladed sword at his side. He's kneeling as if in prayer. But it's not in prayer. What he's doing is, is contemplating on the bed, spread all across it. There's objects, a number of things, and he's looking at them as if they are the most important things in the world. You see all of that in moments, in a bare second, as you come flying through this portal into the space, and then you're in him. You're in his head, and you're behind his eyes. You're the one looking over these objects on the bed. You're the one kneeling on the wooden floor, feeling the boards creaking beneath you. You're the one who Here's the sounds from the window. Is it a town or it's a village? And you smell dried mud, sweat. There's an ache in your muscles. You've worked hard today. You've rested, but not enough. You lift an arm. You extend your fingers. You look around. This is you now. This is the part that you have to play. Leap, because we're going to call you Leap. You're in a cramped little room, and you're looking down at a bed. It's laid out with various items, and you're in a body that you do not know. What do you do? Or perhaps before we get there, how do you feel? Well, it's quite dislocating uh, sort of, and, and jarring. I'm suddenly in a whole um, new space uh, that think must be new but also can't be new because that sort of thing doesn't happen and I don't recognize anything around me um, and then I think about the experience I just felt like I had and either that was a dream or this is a dream or something else is going on the referring to it as a dream feels right because how when you wait from a dream your memory of it is so out of reach and it's just like that you can't 
remember where you were. You can't remember where you came from. You remember those words. You remember that voice. You have to play the part. This is the part that you have to play. I think I think it takes a moment to sort of get get a sort of a sense of gravity and uh, probably stand up a little too fast um, and, and and fall back down again. Um, got to get used to the size of this body and the weight of it. Um, I, I I take a look at my hands, uh, feel my my clothes, sort of pinch myself. Um, awesome. As you're stretching, your eyes, um, you look out the window, you can see clearly out the window, the bedroom isn't very large. The building that you're in is not very large. It's kind of a, um, a wooden structure. You're looking out over what looks like a small town square. You can hear people moving around in there. It's late in the day and the square is lined with buildings. But as you look out, you suddenly notice above the buildings are stone walls with a crenellated top, you're within the walls of a huge, imposing keep. Seems to make a strange sort of sense, I suppose. Um, uh, okay, so I'll take a quick look around the room, um, just scan to see if I am un- indeed alone, um, um, which is something that I feel like I just do instinctively. Yeah, um, yeah you are alone, very much so. And then uh, look on the bed and check out um, what I can see, because I do mm. vaguely recall seeing these from another angle. Yeah. Um, so the items and... on the bed, there's, they're all, it's, it's a strange collection of things. There's, um, uh, there's a whistle on there. There's what looks like the tusk of some, some beast that's been turned into a, an, an item. It's got carving on it. There's a little statue of a lizard. Um, there's this weird leather sack that looks really messed up. And there's a fishing rod. You at least know what that one is. Just as you're starting to have a look at them, before you can even reach out and touch any of them and figure out why they were so important to whoever's body you were in, you hear a knock at the door. Ba 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 bum Uh well, I quickly put all the um objects in a bag and put the bag under the bed. Cool. As you are um, starting to scoop up those objects, the door swings open as if the person on the other side is very familiar with opening the door and coming in to talk to you. And let's find out who that other other person is. Uh, Jared, do you want to say something about um, what Stephen Leap sees? Okay. Uh, coming coming into the room is a. Um... Reasonably tall figure. I um, you could I'd like a you you a half a half elf. Um, he's dressed in a in a long dark red robe. It's so dark that it's all, all almost black. He's got his got his hood up. He comes in, comes very close to you, and sort of leans in conspiratorially. I've got the mirror. It's time to go. We've got to see the bailiff. Yes, the mirror. Um, the bailiff. Those are good things to do. Um, yes, uh, let me just grab my things and um, to the bailiff we go. Um, I what do, you, my what do you want me to do with this? Where where shall I put it? Do you want it in the bag? Do you want to? Shall I keep it? Do why don't why don't why don't uh, you hold on to that for a while? Um, you your robes look as though they will fit it um, discreetly, which uh, I. Is probably quite important. I expect. Uh, 
That's right. I'll make it disappear. That's right. Cool. Um, Thank you for showing me your cool mirror, though. I think that's a a great, great accomplishment. It's pretty cool. Nice mirror. uh, Really shows off my good side. Um, And sort of took a quick moment to see my face. And I'm surprised that I have a beard, but also not surprised. Um, All right. Out out of the room. I, I, I take the bag with me that's under the bed. You take it? Yep. Cool. It's on my okay. backpack. Out of, out of the bedroom, you, you follow um, this robed figure down the narrow stairs. Um, it's, it's like a private apartment. As you go down, you glimpse into a, another couple of bedrooms. They're similarly small, um, although none of them have the kind of the, the pleasant outlook that you do. You think you, you've got the best, the best of the bedrooms in this little apartment. Um, down the bottom of the stairs and out the door into that town square that you glimpsed before. And you see in front of you who must be the bailiff. It's a woman. She's in solid armor, um, a uniform that's uh, got some pink highlights across it. And as you come out, she straightens and kind of stamps her foot and says, Dougal Black, our fate is in your hands. It is time. Your quest for the fate of this keep to begin. Oh, Dougal, looks like you're in charge. Oh, you're all looking at me. Oh, okay. Dungeon Leap. Leap on the Borderlands, part one. <laughs> we got a good bugger, which is uh, obviously our cue to um, say hello and say welcome to the beginning of the very first story of Dungeon Leap. Um, this is the new Diceratops campaign. Um, we uh, jumped into the middle of things, and you heard me. I'm uh, Morg Morgan Davy, the dungeon master, uh, talking extensively with uh, Stephen Youngblood, who is playing this mysterious character, Leap. Stephen, hello. How are you going? It's me, Stephen. I'm 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 great. I'm Excellent. Very well. How are thank you feeling you. about um, about this whole endeavor? Oh, I'm really excited and terrified at the same time, which is exactly um where i need to be both creatively and politically i guess (laughs) (laughs) so how this is how this is going to work um this dungeon leap concept means that steven the player um he has a character he is playing but he doesn't know anything about them he doesn't have a character sheet yet all he has to go on is the information that we are feeding him there's a little google doc that has a bit more detail but not very much so he's desperately trying to figure out things as as we go um one of those things is his relationships with uh, other people um we've met one of those other people already which is uh jared baker hey jared how are you hello very good 
Now, Jared, of course, is another Diceratops regular, so um, it's great to have you uh, returning in, in a new and mysterious role. So, um, Jared, you and the other two people we're going to talk about very shortly, um, we've been preparing behind the scenes, so you know some things that Stephen does not know. How does that feel? It's so like powerful. Normal, I'd imagine. Like a... <laughs> <laughs> it's just a new, normal state of affairs. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. So there's two more two more characters that we haven't met yet. We're going to meet them very, very soon. Um, the first of those characters that I'm going to... We'll, we'll talk about um, Fraser first, because Fraser is another Diceratops voice that you might recognize from uh, many of our early stage shows. Um, Fraser was uh, present on the edge of things and started making more and more exciting cameos as NPCs. Um, so, uh, yeah, Diceratops listeners will will know and love Fraser, and it's wonderful to be playing with you again. How are you, Fraser? Oh, I'm really well. I'm so excited to be back. It's been ages since I've played anything with uh, um, you lot, so it's really exciting to be here. I think that it's very charitable of you to say that your Diceratops uh, fans will be excited to hear my voice. <laughs> I imagine I'm a little bit of a deep cut reference at this point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, hey, look, both our fans love you, Fraser. <laughs> Constantly in the mailbag, when's Fraser coming back? <laughs> when is Fraser coming back? It's like Fraser, stop sending us these emails. Um... Uh, so, Stephen will be meeting Fraser shortly, and Stephen will also be meeting um, the other player who we have today um first time in the diceratops mix it's harriet preble hello harriet hello everyone super excited to be in the mix we're about to jump back in i guess so jared and fraser and harriet they they already know some of what's going on they know who they are and they know uh the nature of this quest that um dougal dougal black is about to undertake um so Stephen, uh we're about to jump back in and Find out what happens next. Uh, are you ready, Stephen? I couldn't be more ready. Ah, brilliant. That's exactly what we want to hear. All right. Um, well, let's, let's dungeon some dragons. So we're going to rejoin uh, Leap in the body of Dougal Black, the bearded bag-carrying guy, um, making your way through the keep, through the little internal village structure within these big imposing walls, marching with the bailiff towards the gate. And as you're marching with the bailiff towards the gate, um, the bailiff is kind of eyeing other people, making sure that they get out of the way because this is important important business that needs to happen. Um, there is another uh, figure who's kind of hurrying from another direction to join you. Um, this figure looks um, small, kind of floppy-eared, very much like a little goblin. Um, and this goblin approaches, and uh, that was kind of your impression from a distance as this this um, person is getting closer and closer. Let's hand off to Harriet to maybe say anything else you would like to, Harriet, about what can be seen, and then we'll have conversation from there, I guess. Uh, so this little goblin uh, looks quite uh, out of breath, and they're wearing priestly robes, and they have an amulet hanging around their neck, and a little glint of chainmail you can see in the sunshine, which sort of seems to be almost attracting the sun, um, shining possibly more than might be 
considered scientifically possible. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ugh. Okay, Dougal. Lots of people are putting evil water on themselves. But that's okay because I have told everyone that that's not normal and that's not okay. But I have managed to get some of the holy stuff that you asked me to. But in general, I think you should avoid touching the hands of the people here because they have been washing in evil water all their lives, if you know what I mean. Are you okay? You, you look kind I, of funny. Oh, uh, oh I'm uh, totally fine. Dougal. Dougal uh, Dougal's great. Yeah, no. Um, you, you, yep. you just looked me up and down like you were, you were surprised. You, what? Are you looking at my ears? Uh, I just never noticed how um, uh, how striking a figure you you make and cast in your in your robes, particularly how you approach with such um, confidence, you cleric, uh, goblin lady, friend, friend. Google, have you have you hit your head? You're talking kind of funny. It seems like that, doesn't it? It does seem like I have hit my head. Yes. Um, sorry about that, but uh, I don't have a lot of time to chat. We're on a mission with the um, with the this this lovely lady here and um, my elven friend. Oh, oh, oh! Is the bailiff coming now? Oh, I'm I'm uh, not coming with you. I'm just. This is the gate. I'm escorting you oh, to the gate. Being kicked out of town. Here we are. At the gate. Oh, I'm being kicked out of town. Is that oh. is that it? You don't like humans. Is that what I'm saying? What, what, you, you know, me and my kind. You're kicking me out. Is that what's happening? Uh, the bailiff doesn't doesn't particularly respond as you around the corner, and you can see the big gates that lead to the exterior of the keep. There's a bunch of guards kind of leaning over the top of the tower, looking looking down um, the gatehouse. The gates are open and there's a few more guards standing around with pikes, keeping an eye on things. And waiting at the gate as well are um, a couple of couple of horses and um, a smaller, lovely, lovely pony. And um, standing with the pony, kind of looking expectantly towards you as your group approaches, is the uh, third member of this little, little group. Um, Fraser, would you like to say what uh, Dougal sees as he approaches the, the horses? Yeah. So as you approach the horses, you can see a fairly short man, um, quite short, in fact, um, wearing sort of slightly patchwork chainmail. Um, looks like it's been uh, rejigged and refitted and probably belongs to someone, originally belonged to someone slightly larger. Um, and he's got a wooden shield on his back and a, a sword. Uh, strapped to his back as well, and he seems to be feeding um, apples to the uh, to the horses and the uh, pony. And as you get closer, you realise that he's actually barefoot and has quite reasonably large for his size um, feet, with you know quite a luxurious hair covering. Um, and you realise he's actually not a short man; he's actually just quite a tall halfling. Um, and uh, he turns around and he goes, "Oh, right, there you are." Wait, well, I got I got the um, horses. They're, they're all good quality. Um, the stable end will attest to them. But it's time we get going because you know we only got them for a, a short amount of time, and um, you know the light is failing after all. Everyone turns to look at you, Dougal. 
Yes. Yes. Uh, thank you, friend. And um, you, other uh, priestly friend, cleric uh, friend of mine, um, thanks again for getting that uh, holy water sorted. Um, I trust you have some on you. We can take on this uh, wee trip out of town that we're going on. Yeah, yeah, of, of course. I mean, Good. I really like this positive outlook that you have on the whole, you know, the, the, the mission that we have. You know, I, it's nice to call it a trip. I can call it a trip. Well, I mean, like, maybe, maybe we all just need to just get on the... Just get, I, I like to connect with um, people before I go on missions with them. And I want to I make sure that we're all doing this for the right reasons. So, so why, why, why don't you... Um, um halfling friend, tell uh, me why. Time is of the essence, right. says the bailiff. Quick, on right. those horses, and, and uh, you must get moving. And as the bailiff is trying to urge you onto the horses, right. another figure kind of comes bustling up, a, a big um, kind of balding priestly chap. Um, and he's like, oh, uh, I'm glad I caught you just before you left. Uh, free, free, I, I'm... I'm very glad you've you've got the water that you need. Um, it seemed that you were quite agitated. There was obviously something going on. So I asked around, and it sounds like there's a bit of a quest underway. So I thought that I could offer some assistance. I've, I've got some uh, little blessing beads here, and he holds out a little string of three beads. Um, I'll give it to you, uh, Free Free. You can, you can maybe distribute them amongst um, your oh, friends. Sure. Uh, hello, Barley. It's nice to see you again. Oh, hello there. And uh, Sebastian, we haven't met, but I've, I've heard your name being bandied about the place as well. And do we just, do we and just put Google, them? Of course. Do we, where do we put those beads? I, well, you, you just snap one with, between your fingers and it should just pop right out and give you a nice touch of oh. the divine. Oh, perfect. <laughs> It'll help things out. When okay, you on my fingers. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I just want to wish you well. The uh, Elder Woolery, the curate, he seems to be in a terrible state, judging by the people that I spoke to. So um, it is it is true that we're all depending on you. Uh, Dougal, Dougal, you and your friends. Oh, yes, good luck to you, I say. Good friends. Us good friends are off on a mission. Quest, you might say. Great, let's uh, let's go. And um, just while you know, while this is happening, Dougal is not, uh, can't help but be quite aware of the guards at the around the city. Um, just, just, he's just very aware that they're there. Um, so quite happily to to, to start moving on. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that actually because the guards are they're not exactly looking at you warmly. Um, you are not a, a friendly figure to them. None of none of your group are. The guards are quite kind of reserved and suspicious. The bailiff is really the only one that is um, acting with with confidence in you and your group, and um, this priest as well. Um, so the bailiff says, Father Parrot, thank you. Um, they need to be on their way. Uh, it's good you're here to wave them off. So, um, good luck, and um, I'll I'll. We'll be watching out for your return. Cool. Hey, Dougal, can I ride with you? Absolutely. Um, like, on the same horse? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, of course. It's a thing we clearly do all the time. Yeah. All right. Uh, just don't hug, hug the, the saddle. 
Oh, why? Uh, it's just a thing I say. I don't know. Never mind. Okay. Brilliant. All right. I just. I got you. Um. I want to talk to you about. There, there were like a couple of. Sorry, one at a time, guys. Come on, it's too much noise around. <laughs> I'm trying to concentrate. Well, I was just going to say, if it's uh, the two of you, you might want to take this horse. Um, she, her name's Obsidian, but she's definitely the largest of them. So if it's going to be holding two, then that's what I reckon. But time is is marching on. We we, we should get moving. You know, we don't have that long before uh, sunset. Well, why is she called Obsidian? Well, I, I didn't name her. I, just I mean, thought there'd be a funny story behind it. Oh, oh, there probably is. Um, I mean, I, when we get back, I can, I can go and ask. Um, you know, uh, no, never mind. Never the stable mind. hands um, why they named her Obsidian, right. but you know, I, I quite liked it because you know, you know, you, you know, your name's Do Black, so I thought that it was quite a fitting. But uh, I didn't oh, name her joke. myself. Okay, cool. Yeah. What? No, I, uh, no, I, I didn't it. name good. her. That's good. It's not my. It's not a joke. I had him on the sort of the, the back and, and jump on the horse and, and, and sort of get a move on to leave him there confused. But um, Harriet is with me. The <laughs> <laughs> so little, little free free, free, free you. Um, joins you. Have... Sebastian, you have a horse as well and uh, Bali on a pony. And you ride. You ride out from the keep out from the walls of the keep into a valley surrounded by forest hills. There's a river that's winding along the base of the valley and uh, you ride. Bali is the, the most experienced and confident rider among you, leads the way and sets the pace. Um, pony maybe goes a little bit slower than the horses would be used to, but it's a pretty solid canter as you're moving your way um, along this road. It's um, uh, on the horse... Um, Leap and Free Free are kind of side by side. During this this ride, you could maybe have a... It would be awkward to have too much conversation, but I'm pretty sure that if there was anything either of you wanted to say to each other, now might be a, now might be a moment to um, have a little interaction. Well, I just, I just need to say to you that when I close my eyes, I can feel them sucking. Uh... Yeah, I don't know if that's... Um... I mean, I'm scared, Dougal. Ah, oh, it's okay. Um, I'm I'm scared too. But uh, this this doesn't sound like you're a, in a very happy place with that right now. You want to get off? No. We can we can stop and I don't know have some walking time if that helps. No, I think just good, I think just in, do, good, good. doing. Yep. Just completing the plan that you have is the most important thing. My my plan. Yeah. My plan. Yeah. Okay. Hey. Um. So let's go so over that again. You, what, what do yeah, you remember? Yeah. As long about as you it? own that. Oh, you don't tell me anything because I sometimes just you know I mess it up. So I just oh, I just follow you. Classic Dougal. Yeah. Yeah. I do like to keep things to myself. Well, because sometimes I end up telling people, and then you get you know, and you get mad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. That, you know how that, you get mad? I... Do I? Oh, I don't mean it. Do I? Am yeah, I, I know. Am I mean when I'm mad? Am I, am I... No, you never mean to me. And then I hug you. 
<laughs> I, I, I love a hug. I love it. All right. <laughs> <Sort of in. laughs> the ride, um, the ride continues. It's a, it's, it's um, another mile as the road curves away from the river, out of sight of the keep. Now the keep is lost behind forested hills, and the road enters a narrow pass. And you're riding now slower, more carefully, with the forest pressing in on either side of this road. Third mile. So you're still, it's not that far from the keep, really, but you feel like you've come a long way. You feel quite distant from those protective stone walls. And um, up ahead of you, Leap, you see Barley pull up the pony and pull off to the side of this road. There's nothing noticeable here. It's just trees, but this seems to be the place to stop. Okay. Your ride comes to an end. I, I had to sit in on the back of the neck and uh, it's obscenely familiar way, just like, oh, a bit clumsy, um, and uh, hop off um, and I guess help free free off as well. Um, uh, and uh, there we go. Right. Uh, here's, here's where we're stopping and uh, an important part of my plan is about to take place. Hey, uh, Barley, what... What do you remember of the plan? Let's just go over the details. All right. Well, I was to get the horses and us lot here. Um, you know, and we'll send the horses back. I'll, I'll tie up my pony. Um, and then what was it you said after that? And then you said you were going to find out where we needed to go. Yes. Yes. Good. 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 And I have that right here, I think, in oh, my excellent. pockets. Let me just check. Um, so this is when I realized that I could look around in my pockets and I have discovered discreetly my little um, thieves, my little tools. I just going to feel and sense with my fingers some lockpicks, some scissors, touch upon a couple of daggers, which is probably an uncomfortable place to keep them. Um, and then sort of make a note and go, okay, I think I'm, I pick locks. Am I a thief? Am I a baddie? Are we baddies? Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Are you saying that out of uh, earshot? Uh, uh, under my breath, but not in, probably not entirely out of earshot. Not intentionally in earshot, but it's a. Uh, it's like a. Okay. Someone with big ears, for example, might might hear you say that. <laughs> Are we baddies? Cool. <laughs> Nice. So as you are um, evaluating your status as baddie or not, you get a chance to look at your three companions and maybe take a uh, reading of their disposition at that point, do. getting off the horses and looking into this sinister I'm, I'm forest. Roll so, inside, check. Um, let's on these guys oh, just to sort of yep. see how I vibe on them and see yeah. how we gel as a team. And uh... yeah, if if you if you roll well then I'll get the three of them to describe in more detail where they are at. So just make uh, one it's roll. 15. A 15. Well, that's that's pretty good, isn't it? Let's start with um, Jared. We haven't heard too much from Jared. Sebastian's been um, relatively quiet on the ride. So let's start with you. As your eyes fall on Sebastian in the robes, um, what's, what's the sense that um, he gets of how you are feeling and your attitude and everything of that nature? 
uh, Sebastian seems seems um, fairly calm, but he also is, is like is like obviously wants to wants wants to say something. Wants to you 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 think you're 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 seconds away from having Sebastian uncomfortably close to you to sort of say something conspiratorial. Nice. All right, Bali. You're obviously preoccupied with the horses and pony, as you were saying. Um, but as you go through the motions of that, what what's the vibe that you're giving off? So he seems distracted with, um, you know, as I said, um, sorting out the the horses. Um, but you know, he does glance over at you, and he gives you this big, goofy, completely trusting grin. Um, he has every faith in you, um, and uh, very little thought behind the eyes. Um, as to anything else <laughs> at this point in time. <laughs> a bit dim. All right, cool. Nice. But happy. And, of course, Free Free, who you just shared a ride with. So um, you, you probably have much more of a sense of Free Free than the others so far. What's, what's Free Free? What is it Free Free's energy right now? Refree's energy is kind of intensely codependent, looking at you desperately, pleadingly, hopefully, but also with a large amount of trust and maybe a bit of fear. But big blinking eyes, not that common for a goblin. Goblins usually have kind of evil, angry eyes, but these are big, juicy emoji eyes looking at you. Big anime style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. So, uh, I guess now we um uh now that we're here, um we should head off uh and I have a quick look around the forest to get a sense of vibe as to which way I should be going cuz I don't know if that's a thing I can do, but I'm going to just see if it can happen. Cool. Um, as you look around the forest, well, yeah, give me give me a um, a perception roll. That's a one. Solid. solid okay. Thing. So, <laughs> um, you're it's the light is getting low as the sun gets lower in the sky, and the forest is dense. It's so thick that as the light goes down, it becomes very hard to pick things out. So you can't tell um if like there might even be a bit of a trail leading through this forest somehow but you you can't see it um it sure doesn't look like it it looks like you're going to have to push your way through brambles in order to get through um the tree trunks are they all look a bit weird and twisted and they haven't grown quite right it, it doesn't look very welcoming in any direction whatsoever the whole vibe is a bit sinister, to be quite honest. And the vibe's a bit sinister here, team. Um, oh, right, yeah. No, never, never liked these uh, this valley and them caves um, as many times as we've come come out here. Ah, uh, yes, but the caves, the caves, yes. Um, I don't like them either, but I think we need to. That's where we are. Uh, where we need to go, right? Oh yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah. But we, which yeah. cave? There's so uh, many. Yes. Which so many caves. Ooh. It's all right. I think we just pick one and run with it. And if that doesn't work, Ooh. we go to the next. You, you think we'll <laughs> yeah. get 
That's funny because you said that's exactly what we shouldn't do. You said we had to make sure we got the right one. Yeah, nice. Yep, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly that's yep. Good, good free free. Because there, there's too many. Like, because that's what I said. I was like, let's just you know pick a cave and then go into it, and then if it's not that one, and then next one, and you were like, no, but we need to find the right cave first time because right. we don't have that much time before sunset. You know. Okay, I go and get um uh, Barley's uh, pony and and untie um her and um lead her towards the direction of the caves and uh give her a bit of a, a whack on on the on the rump and um watch her run <laughs> towards the cave and try and use her as a guide as to which way not to go because i'm presuming that she would sense something <laughs> all right so <laughs> um as you you go to uh, this is this is an excellent description of the plan that you have in your head um, we'll wind it right back to you are starting to untie the pony. <laughs> Barley might have something to say about that. Uh, Barley <laughs> says, he doesn't stop you, but he, he's like, what, what do you need with dumpling? Oh, dumplings are a key part of this plan, Barley. Um, she dumpling is? is? Absolutely. Dumpling is like a divining rod for the evil that we face. I told you I had a plan, and I would help us, help us figure out where to go. Um She's sorry. Are you saying that my pony is divine? Uh, is she a god? No, uh, as, are, a, are you, as a more of a compass, uh, should we say, a way of helping us find the direction that we seek. Oh right, I see, I see. And he pats um 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 dumpling um, the pony on on the side um very proudly actually. And he's like, I didn't know you had it in you, girl. That's so great. Why didn't you tell me that? And he gives her a little tickle. Maybe. Um, and so uh, I think uh, Dougal sort of leads her around a little circle first to sort of see where, um, if, if, if any of the directions is particularly troubling. Um, and then um, it just points her in a direction and just yeah. whack, whacks her on the... <laughs> there, is, there is definitely one direction that um, this pony is not keen on going towards it it's something in the scent coming from there is um unnerving away from the away from the road into the into the thick forest the pony is shying away from that in a pretty significant right. way and go and tie a dumpling back up with the others and and say to um the other horses of course um and uh right uh let's uh this way thank you dumpling and give it Right. Oh, that was that was right impressive. I knew you had a plan. <laughs> uh, never, never <laughs> doubted it. I never. I always. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, now, do you need this yet? Like the mirror just sort of appears again. <laughs> my head. Yeah, why don't you hold on to that for for now? Um, thank you, uh, Sebastian. Well, um, you'll know when to okay. use it. You'll know when I need it. Okay. We're going to use it as signal. You'll know. We put on our disguises. Something very, very plain like that will we'll, we'll happen. We will know the time is right. And I'm marching off. It just already. Or, or, or. Okay. So you're making your way through this, through this thick forest. How noisy are you being to set the tone, Stephen? Blip. <laughs> Like, well, he doesn't know what he's um, 
up against, but also doesn't uh, know much about who he is or where he's from. So he's um, probably imagines he's being fairly stealthy, but I think it's probably a little bit, um, you know, kind of that hushed whisper, that loud hushed whisper, um, moving branches and bramble out of the way in a not delicate way that will probably have a few to anyone trying anyone paying attention will definitely hear something i think nice all right um what i think we will do is assume that all of you are following this lead of trying to be relatively quiet um you are correct uh stephen and that Dougal doesn't seem to have any any particular facility with um with stealthiness um as you are using this body so let's have stealth rolls from everybody <laughs> as a group check Eight. At twenty. That's a nineteen for me. Ooh. What well, what was that? Sorry, uh, uh, Jared? At a net twenty. Uh but it's twenty-three. Ooh. <laughs> Amazing. Uh Harriet. I got a seventeen with disadvantage, team. Wow. Free free. Nice. Well done. For Sebastian, it's a and uh Fraser <laughs> Farley. Well, I was feeling rather proud of my 13 with disadvantage, but it, it's blown out of the water by a 17 with disadvantage. <laughs> so you're actually, um, yeah, you're, you're being pretty quiet. Especially impressive for Sebastian because he's like, he's picking up his robe like a like someone in a long <laughs> dress walking through like a, a river or something like that. It's <laughs> not designed. It's, yeah. To, to um, and, forest. And, and Dougal sort of doing exaggerated steps, you know, <laughs> like um, like the, the old timey ca- cartoon sneaky, <laughs> Scooby Doo sneaky. Um, so you you march away from the road, leaving leaving the pony behind, through the thick forest, carefully picking your way, and you step out of the thicket at last, and it parts in front of you all of the trees. And you see, leap before you, a ravine. The light is um, already dimming, so the bottom of this ravine is cast in shadow. There's there's still blue sky up ahead. The sun isn't gone yet, but down where you are, it's already pretty dark. There's rocky walls rising high on either side. As your um, eyes are adjusting to the weird light, to the darkness, you can pick out on the ravine sides, on both sides, the left and the right, and right deep ahead of you, cave-like openings, the mouths of caves. You see three different, oh no, there's another one, there's four, and oh, there's another one way back there, five, and there might be more hidden behind thick stands of trees and thorn bushes and boulders that choke the bottom of the ravine. There's lots of places that you could be intending to go here it's unclear (laughs) there's nothing obvious that says this is this is the way that this quest is supposed to go you have a moment to figure things out there's quiet except for um some ravens rising croaking further into the uh into the depths of the ravine beat of their wings echoes the litter of rubble and dead wood ahead and your eyes pick out lying on on the ground 
some some bones. There's a skull looking back at you. It's quite the word picture you're painting there, um, um, Morgan. Well, amazing, amazing stuff. So this is this is what you see at the moment. You're just in the edge of the tree line, so you're pretty well concealed still. But beyond this point. If there are observers watching from the caves, for example, they, they might spot you. Okay. So I, I I think about that and and crouch down, not not much lower. Like I'm like I just instinctively crouch, but I don't know whether I'm hidden or not. I'm sort of just a more uh, instinct than um, purpose. And um, I uh, look at Sebastian and say, um, take a look at that mirror now, Sebastian. It's yours. Make it oh, it's a, it was in my pocket all along. <laughs> wow, how did you do that? <laughs> I know magic. Um, and I just uh, try pointing it at the ravine and at the caves and see if anything interesting shows up or if it's like a special kind of mirror that shows me something or if it is in fact... Well, I want to see what it shows me. Um, the mirror reflects the ravine like any other mirror would. Um, if you if you wanted to maybe reflect the lights, you'd need to clamber up a tree or something. But you could do that and send some send some flashes somewhere. But I don't know if that's something you particularly want to do. Um, as you are doing this well, now, it is. <laughs> um, with the mirror, <laughs> your three companions are um, kind of watching you closely, and um, you notice that. Now and then their eyes stray to that bag that has the stuff from the bedspread in it. And, um, Bali, you were looking at that bag and suddenly the penny drops about something that's been sticking out of it. That's your fishing rod. He's got your fishing rod in his bag. Be careful, that, that fishing rod, it, it's a bit fragile. I've had to fix it a few times now, and it's always a, a right pain. Um, I don't know why it's in, in your bag. I'm sure it's part of the plan. But um, just, just uh, you know, if it's going to poke out, make sure you don't turn around too quickly, because if it catches on things, it'll be a problem. Yes, it would be part of the plan, wouldn't it? And so I take the bag, bag no, off, and I look, but, at, I look at... um. Uh, Bali and, and sort of give him a it's going to be okay and also thank you very much look <laughs> you know? he, um, he, his frown disappears and his grin returns and he looks completely relieved that you know that you've given him the it's going to be okay look I pull out the fishing rod um, and uh uh, do a quick look for any bait that might be in the bag because I'm not entirely sure what it's going to be for. Free Free and and uh, Sebastian is um, he's kind of inspecting the fishing rod and looking around with it. The two of you, your eyes catch with each other because it's it's clear that he's not acting with kind of the confidence in his plans that you are used to. I practice a so, cast with the fishing rod just to sort of throw it out. And, um, <laughs> speaking, yep. expecting uh, uh, something to happen. Start talking to Google, but I'm sort of I'm I'm looking at um 
free free as a as a as a as a do so because so we just need to stop the ritual and to do that we need to find the cave right cave where it's happening to do Google that not. we need to ritual. cave to do that we need to use the uh fishing rod find out where the weird worm went weird worm yes one that tried to eat free free and paralyzed does we were all there, right? That that's not Oh right. Oh I was definitely there. It it paralyzed me and that, that weren't no fun at all. Hearing about this weird worm, something sends a little shiver down Free Free's spine. <laughs> you glance over your shoulder worriedly because it was just and then you do a double take on that glance because there's something moving. You just saw the edge of something large disappearing behind a nearby boulder. It's Is it coming close? Is it the same thing? It might be that same thing. You've got a little bit of time before it gets here to react. What are you going to do? I am you? going to send a sacred flame into the bushes. Just instantly go right. in fear. Brilliant. Okay, so flame in in the direction of where yeah. this thing is is going to appear. Um, you unleash some sacred flame. So, what does that look like when you um, do that? It looks like flame. No, um, it <laughs> essentially <laughs> uh, uh, free freeze ears like go up. You know, like a like a German shepherd. Um, they go and point directly up in the sky, um, and then they kind of do like a little whipping motion, it. and then they just flick like flame forward. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Absolutely. Love Is it your wand? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so um this fire um goes flying out from your ears and just as this this thing pops up into view curling it's like climbing up the side of a fallen tree trunk and its tentacles waving it comes into view your flame comes and slams it right in the face it fails its dexterity saving throw um it would have had cover but it doesn't get cover for a sacred flame so it's gonna take some damage could you give me a, a radiant damage d8 roll goodness um as i bring up the numbers for this thing there it is brilliant. that is a three oh. big a whammy three okay all right that's a um a nice bit of flame that bursts on this thing so there are um, tentacles waving. The light is better now, so you all get a look at this thing more clearly. It looks like a giant centipede, kind of a worm-like centipede with lots of legs. And it appears on top of this tree, and it has at the end of its um, face, with, beside these dark eyes, all of these tentacles waving and twisting. And tangled up in the tentacles and jammed into its mouth are bones. 
from skeletons. These skeletons that are kind of sticking out of its mouth uneaten. These are undead skeletons that are still alive. Something has stopped its huge mouth from crunching down on them. Ah, the light glints. The remnants of the flame illuminate the inside clearly enough that you can see that there's a sword kind of jammed inside its mouth. So it can't close its mouth. There's weird skeleton bones stuck in there, tangled in the things, waving their arms around. One of them has a sword waving around. It's turning its skull this way and that, silently screaming in that undead way. And this horrific monster, it's just this nightmarish mishmash of creepy, crawly, and undead, and it's just furiously making its way towards you, almost out of control. It's it's heedless. Things are breaking. It moves so silently, but it's snapping things and getting closer and closer as the flames separate. Let's have a quick initiative roll from everybody, please. I roll a one on my first initiative (laughs) roll of the game, so that's good. You guys are all going to beat me, I expect. Eight. Eight for Leap. Dougal. 17 for Bali. Uh, 17 for Free Free as well. And uh, Sebastian's got seven. Bali, Free Free, go. Um, Bali, uh, his head whips around as uh, uh, as this uh, sacred flame goes off and he like nods at Free Free and he, he says, good work, you, you spotted it again, but it won't catch us unawares quite so badly this time, right? Um, and he basically just sort of steps in front of... Um, um, the rest of them, um, sword and shield out, ready to hit this thing as soon as it kind of launches itself at, at everyone. Nice. Okay. Your attack is um, is ready. Free, free. Uh, I am going to uh, clutch my amulet and I'm going to go, oh, my friends, my friends are the most important to me. And I'm going to cast Bless on each of these three. Oh. Oh, nice. Bless y'all. Uh, whenever a target makes an attack roll or a saving throw, you can roll a d4 and add the number to the attack or saving throw. Um, so you feel a little bit blessed right now, Barley, as you're getting ready for this trouble to hit Sebastian. Sort of taken, by, taken by surprise, or you know, fear of the of 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 this of this thing. You know, there's some residual trauma there. Sebastian's like, and, and and just goes missile. And and just 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 like almost all at once, it's like a Roman candle going off, like out of out of his hand. There is a slight flourish. He's still he's still still the stage magician, but out of his hand, missile and 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 one after the other, like like the bolts of a Roman candle. Three <clears throat> darts just go just fire towards it. Three magic missiles, and uh, <clears throat> And, and Dougal's be... just, just, he's stoked. This is a cool light show. This is just awesome. <laughs> uh, and and um, to be honest, like his, his shoulders are somewhat like, he's a bit more buoyant now. Um, he sort of, he sees, he can see what he's having to fight. Oh, this is, this is what we're, this is, this is what we're here to fight. Great. <laughs> cool. Uh, <laughs> thought it was going to be vampires. <laughs> Runs up. <laughs> and he, um, uh, it's his um, uh, fishing rod out, the fishing rod, and he um, casts the line into the uh, aiming into the the worm's mouth to try and loose the sword, um, and possibly do some more damage in the process. Outstanding. All right. Um, so give us a, really, it's a part of the, a, it's got to be part um, of the plan. A fishing, yeah. 
Uh, I think it would be an acrobatics, acrobatics, no, or attack roll. Tell me. I don't know. I guess attack roll. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, Jared, did you roll damage for your? Uh, yes, darts, ten by and the way? Ten in total. Thank you very much for that. Well, that's a nineteen, folks. Right. A nineteen. <laughs> right. So the fishing um, line goes into the gaping mouth of this thing as it's getting closer and catches on the sword. Um, I think I'm going to ask you to make a strength mm-hmm. roll to kind of jolt it into that a different direction. Let's let's see you do that. that. That's a, yeah. a seven. I'm going to roll the d4. Um, right. Uh, yeah. Oh, and there goes my line. Um, that makes it up to 11. 11. I was looking for 10, so that's brilliant. The sword um, snaps apart, or it doesn't snap apart, but it snaps out of place, um, out of position. So as soon as that happens, the sword comes flying out of this thing's mouth. It pulls up short. Um, As it pulls up short, it kind of coughs out and expels the broken skeleton that was... Um, extruding from the front that was waving a sword around. The skeleton comes flying out directly towards where Bali is. So, Bali, you have a flying half-skeleton uh, just grinning at you, trying to stab you with its sword as it flies and towards you, but you're ready for this, so Dougal you can make looks at him and, and shrug laughs and says, it's all part of the plan! <laughs> <laughs> I like this plan! Oh, that was the wrong voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go with it. 23 to hit um 23 damn all right that's brilliant that's brilliant to get the uh yep. skeleton. And it does six damage but it is slashing damage and i can't remember if that's not great against skeletons um i think in in the circumstances that is enough the skeleton is already um literally half of its normal normal state of being as it comes flying out towards you you um slash down you smash right through its own sword and slash its own sword into its own skull and it just kind of breaks and collapses and there's a pile of bones appearing around you this giant centipede thing um in its its action its turn it rears up so you can see the tentacles waving and all of its hands coming out and as it does this its mouth just adjusts its whole body convulses and then it crunches down on bones that are still inside it and it crunches and it eats them and it flops itself back down and then starts retreating slowly away from you waving its tentacles it's retreating further much more considered in its movements much more careful and cautious and then in a sudden flourish it spins turns and climbs over a boulder and is gone. Disappears into the ravine. Sorry, Bali, what was that? Oh, I was just going to say good good work with that plan. It just had something in its mouth. And it was just angry. Oh, quite sweet, really, isn't it? Uh, I love it when a plan comes together. All right, back to the ponies and back to the back to the town. Good work, team. Was that the ritual? What? It was a weird ass ritual. <laughs> <laughs> Down at your feet, between the four of you, um, this skeleton and bits, you can see 
uh, lying on in amongst the bones. There is a medallion with a shining red stone set within it. Another one. A skeleton. Yeah, the skeleton was was wearing this medallion. Uh, do you know this medallion? Free, free. I've I picked one up before. So I guess all the skeletons are wearing them. Uh. It's kind of weird how we can't really hear this tentacle thing until it's really close. Like, what if there are are creatures like this everywhere? Like, what if there are millions of them and they're just surrounding us and they're just waiting at any second to come and suckle us and kill us? Like, what if there is one looking over you every night as you sleep? The and, and then sort of the color drains from Dougal's face and he looks just over Free Free's shoulder. And, and points. And then laughs. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just <laughs> couldn't help myself. <laughs> You're fine, we're fine. We're good, we got him. Free Free weeps. Um, so it feels a bit awkward. Free Free looks uncomfortable. <laughs> Dougal feels a little awkward about it, but not not much. <laughs> he doesn't know anyone, he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know where so he is. This, these medallions that you two, um, that you when you saw that that priest or curate or whatever he's called, um, that like what what happened, like what what like I don't really know much about this ritual, but you you two were the ones who who said that it was bad, so you know I got their morsels and we're we we're, we're here. He said that there was evil, and then he collapsed to the ground. Maybe we should put it on. Right? Uh, you want us it, to put on the evil medallion? Well, I can do it if you want. I mean, I guess, just logically, we might see great evil and then collapse. Hey, look, um, Bali. Putting, putting a thing out there. Every everything we've met is wearing one of these amulets is a skeleton. Right. If you put it on, will you turn into a skeleton? I put the medallion <gasps> on Bali. My goodness. He, he, Bali's like doesn't resist. He kind of like, you know, gets himself ready to have a uh, a medallion put over his head onto his neck. He's perfectly happy to. He and he gives you his his wide Eyes, big smile. He's got complete faith and trust in you as you do this. Great. All right. Yep. You you um, have the amulet. It lands. Uh, the stone bounces against your chest, Bali, and um, it doesn't doesn't does it kind of itch a little bit? There's something there's something a little bit weird about it. Something a bit uncomfortable about it, but it. Doesn't like your your skin is still on. Yeah. Oh, skeleton still seems to be where it's supposed to be. Um, it's a bit itchy. Is it is it uh, helping you figure out where we need to go? Um, but it giving you any direction, any signs? All right. Um, oh, give me give me a perception roll. Me or Dougal? Yeah, yeah, okay. a barley perception. That's a twelve. Um, you feel, uh, yeah, hmm, hmm. You're like trying to 
get a sense of it. It feels like there's like a static electricity thing going on. I and mean, it's not static electricity. It's like pure concentrated sure, evil. Sure. But similar, similar yeah, vibe, right? Both unpleasant. You're trying to, yeah, you're trying to get a sense of it. You can't, like, you can't instantly say, oh, it's pointing me this way. But you wouldn't rule out the possibility. Maybe, maybe he's onto something. I mean, he's good mm. at plans, right? Yeah. So I have like a vague direction in mind. Is what you're saying? Um, I think what we'll do, what we'll say is you you don't quite know yet, but you might uh, right. get more of a sense as we. Ali, close your eyes, and I spin him around a couple of times, and then Wee! he uh, he he laughs with delight. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know which way to go exactly, but I do. I I hear what you're saying. There is something there. Like we I, still I, have I, the other amulet. Should we put that on them too? Oh, with their powers combined. Don't see how it could hurt. Okay. Um, Free Free knows that the the other amulet is still back at the. Keep. I know that the other amulet is still back at the keep. Well, that's probably not going to help us here, right? Good. Okay. Good. Now let's um. It's uh head towards, and I sort of take a vague steer from where Barley seems to be heading, and um, this way, and um, all right, uh, yeah, pick up the fishing rod and, and other accoutrement and start marching off. Um, and uh, meanwhile, sort of muttering to myself, ritual, ritual, why don't know anything about rituals. Nothing good comes from rituals. Um, All right. So you're starting to move into the into the um, thick undergrowth of the ravine. You're leaving behind the forest cover and um, heading heading out. Um, you are you other um, three who are who are not Stephen, who are not Leap. Um, are like now now would often be the time where um the plan bag might be um unveiled to you all i i think you would all be um feeling a little bit weird about the fact that the the plan bag hasn't been unfolded to you um it's up to you if you want to just keep quiet about it because that might be part of the plan or um or not um but right now i'm i'm understanding that leap is heading into the ravine I think the three of you would probably all make eye contact once again. It seems seems just a little bit odd. How come he's not showing us the plan bag? Does he not trust us? Well, maybe it's part of the plan. I mean, I didn't even see that there was another amulet in there, but he he saw it and he was like, I know what I need to get that amulet. It's It's Barley's fishing rod. He's a genius, he is. It's true. He is a genius. Hmm. You're right, Free Free. You you seem a bit sad. I don't know. I'm just scared of the endless monsters that inhabit the world and our souls. I guess. Oh right, yeah. That's. I I I I don't really know how what to say to that, but I. I sympathize with your predicament and you know, well we're we're here for you. So um if you manage to get them monsters out of your soul and into the world, 
I'll 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 eat them for you. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Oh, I'm not you're, sure. You're welcome. This will help. But I think that monster mostly likes to eat skeletons. And we should really That's worry. True. We should really worry about ritual and uh, the, you know, interdimensional horrors that it might unleash. Just a guess. Okay. It's a guess. I'll worry about that instead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Leap, um, as you are, you've been striding forth, um, you kind of glance over your shoulder and you see your three companions having this conversation. You might have heard snatches of what they were saying. Um, you're pretty pretty good at, at listening things and picking things I, up. I had mention of a plan bag. So um, I take off my, my bag um, and look through to see if there's any indication of a plan or a bag that might have a plan in it. And... Um, I see a damaged leather sack, a little leather sack that seems damaged. So I'm going to take a punt and look into it and see what I can see. All right. So it, just like magic, it seems that the three of you talking about the plan bag is, has coincided with um, Dougal bringing out the plan bag. And as he opens it, you get a um, look inside it, the, the three of you, the, the various items that are within. There's... Um, a whistle and a tusk and there's a little lizard statue and um your fishing rod of course was um come out of the come out of the bag there's also this this leather sack um it's all messed up it's got lots of tears inside it um let you open it and you can see light coming in it's got holes in it all the way through um there's also an interesting thing around the neck of this bag. Like it's a it's a decent sized sack, but around the neck it's got one of those cord threads in it, but it's got a strong clasp that um kind of gets snapped on and off with it's a little bit ornate, it's a lot more elaborate than you'd find on a typical sack. It's there's something about it that seems very, very strange indeed. Um can I have an investigation role from you, please? You sure uh, can. Leap. Uh, I investigate to a total of six. Do I have any? Do I know if I am total. good at investigation? Um, I do. I'm looking right now. At <laughs> your, uh, excellent bonus, excellent for investigation. That sounds like a yeah. Um, you feel because you're in this body and you you're you're partly yourself, but you're partly also Dougal Black, and Dougal is good at noticing things and putting things together, and. As you're um, inspecting this thing and the clasp is weird and the holes are weird and there's something about them that catches your attention and you kind of turn the sack inside out to inspect these little holes. And they're not just little rips. It's not wear and tear. It looks like these holes have been chewed through. The leather has been chewed open. Lots of little mouths have chewed holes inside the sack from the inside you're just trying to figure Isn't this a bag out. of internet kit infinite um, kittens <laughs> endless kittens um the other three of you can i have perception rolls please from free free and barley and sebastian yes like like it's I'm rolling really well tonight, team. That's a fourteen. That's an eighteen. Nice. Hey. An eighteen. Wonderful. Anyone 19. been an eighteen? Nope. Oh, 
Ooh, thank you, Batman. Well done. And, wait, well, actually, does a six beat a 19? A six, not quite, Barley, not quite. You're maybe still thinking about your uh, fishing rod. Sebastian and Free Free, as um, this, this sack comes out and is being inspected, feeling a little bit exposed out in the, the light of the caves uh, uh, as the sun is dropping, um, you're both looking around. And then both of you at the same time turn and look and see there is a flash of movement not far from you. And as you are both staring in that direction, the figure that was hiding from you, realizing that it's been spotted, pops up and uh, shows itself. And you see a little kobold. Um, this kobold who has popped up to look at you um, wears a cap, a velvet cap, has um, like a pendant hanging around his neck, long kind of uh, scaly, draconic style, reptilian style snout. And he looks out at you and he says, Mr. Black, I was waiting for you to blow the whistle. The agreement was you blow the whistle if you come back. Ah, uh, yes. Like this. And I pick up the whistle and I, and I give it a really loud blow. <laughs> I'm back. Okay, you, you blow intensely on the whistle. You can't hear anything. I blow again. Um, free free, you can hear. Uh, like I just keep blowing. <laughs> kobold can hear. I'm just blowing right. it, shaking yeah, it's it. It's very clear that this this whistle's going. He's like, "Hey, you, oh, we've got the idea. We've got the idea." Not now, working. Mr. Black. You don't want anyone else to again. hear. Come on. Right. So this is about that cult of uh, human chaos worshippers, right? This is about the cult, that cult of uh, of human chaos worshippers. Absolutely. Um, we hate human yeah, chaos. Well, you said that you were going to come back. I didn't think you'd be back so soon. Hey. But um, when? you want to know where they are? Yes, I'd sure do. Absolutely. Excellent. Oh, you can tell me that. I can show you the way, just like we agreed. Great. Just need you to um. Give me what I ask I, um, for. Pull out the uh, look at the items and go. Here's here's what you want, and I throw him the small statue of a lizard. Um, he catches it. He says, "You having a laugh? These things are scattered all over the place. They've been there for a couple of weeks." Yeah, fair. And he drops it. Right, I pick it up and and sort of hit him on the arm, teasingly, going, "I I knew that. I knew that." And um, I give him the uh, the whistle. And um, yeah, here you go. And uh, and yeah. and uh, thank you very much. He's, he's looking. He's looking at your bag. Hopefully, can you see what's inside? Uh, no, because uh, I I don't I don't let people just see into my bag. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I sort of put my um, hand in expectantly and look at him, sort of smile as I move my hand around. And um, I start making sounds about what the thing is. Like, it's a ivory sack rod fishing. And I just try and see what what latches. Um, And then I just pull out the um, ivory tusk. The ivory tusk. His eyes go big. To this. For. What? It's got draconic carving on it. It's got draconic carving. As he comes closer hold. to take it, you notice that the pendant around his neck also has draconic language uh, carved on it. He um, holds out his hand for you to hand I it say, over. 
when you take us to where we're going, you get this. Oh, I can't get one past you. All right, you're on. I mean, can so, I read your... Uh, um, we've got to go right to the other end of the ravine, so we um, might as well get moving. Can I read your comic? Um, yeah. I try it. I, I look at it, and I just see if I can make sense of the... Um, it looks it looks like an invocation to a uh, a dragon god of oh, some so description. I can get that sense from, yeah. from it. Yeah, you can. Sure can. It's weird. Cool. Um, as you are um, falling in behind um, this cobalt, it says, oh, nice to meet you others, by the way. We didn't get a chance to meet before. He told me all about you. I'm Crumble. Um, up this way is the cave full of chaos worshippers and their dozens or even hundreds of undead servants. So um, good luck oh. with that. <laughs> I can show you the way in. Don't like your chances of getting out the other well, end. <laughs> well, that's very kind, Crumble. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And uh, that's when you get the tusk. <laughs> and we get out. So you might want to help us. I put it back in my bag. Oh, oh no! I'm not going in there. I'm, I'm going to have the tusk. I look around, to everyone, and sort of just get the vibe that maybe I should just give him the tusk. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I sort of hold it, just uh, tease him a little bit. Um, not, not being mean, but just being a little bit playful, and then, and then just give it to him. Watch this playful side of you. It's a little bit different to the, the way you've seen before, but I guess. That's what walking into certain doom and disaster will do to a person, eh? <laughs> All right, this way, <laughs> this way. So we're about to um, round up our episode. So as the four of you um, gather and look at each other before following Crumble to certain doom and destruction, are there, are there any last things that you want to say to each other to round off this episode? Just one thing, just one thing. But before we go on to our almost certain death i just want to be really clear we've talked about this before dougal if you're talking about me to other people i haven't met it's not sebastian it's the great sebastian all right great sebastian got it hey uh crumble have you met my friend the great sebastian brilliant um, I think that's a great way to end with you introducing your friend, the Great Sebastian, to Crumble the Kobold as you march through the ravine towards the cave. Um, thank you very much for uh, a great bit of excitement and adventure. Um, there is more to come, of course, but we'll do another episode's recording a different time. So for now, I am going to say um, a thank you to all of our players. We'll go around the table. First of all, uh, Harriet, you're above me. Thank you, Harriet. Thank you, team. Fun. I did. <laughs> Jared. Thank you. And Fraser. Oh, a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Wonderful to have you. And playing Leap, Stephen, um, I hope you uh, found that enlightening. I found it. <laughs> I absolutely found it. Thank you. Brilliant. All right. Um, so there will be more of this soon. Goodbye. This was Dungeon Leap with Jared Baker, Fraser Pete, Harriet Preble and Stephen Youngblood as Leap. Thanks to Enver Avetian and Alexi Action for music and Nomi Kubomi for sounds. This is the start of a new Diceratops Presents series. If you're just joining us, we have a big back catalogue with D&D and other games, much of it recorded live on stage in Wellington, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Diceratops is proud to be part of Kiemu Whakato or Aotearoa Kiwi RPG. 
Follow us on socials at DiceratopsNZ and sign up for emails at our website, Diceratops.nz. I am Morgan Davey. We are Diceratops. We love games and our shows are for everyone. Are there any last things that you want to say to each other to round off this episode? So well... Just, We're just one nailing the dead end. <laughs> just one thing. Just one thing. I, I'm going to cut all of it out. I'm cut it all out. <laughs> everything. Cut everything. <laughs> yeah.